That's a hockey, you know, it's only it's only game. Why you have to be mad? You know why? Because bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things. What's up, you beauties? Merry Christmas. Welcome to episode number 14 of season three, our Christmas show. Make sure you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, or the full press coverage app available in your app store. Before we get to the episode, let me tell you guys about Manscaped. Guys, if you're like me, you've been dying for a better way to take care down there. Manscaped provides tools for guys like you and me with their precision trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0. I've been using this thing for a month. And the area around my size each has never looked better. When you're done using the lawnmower, spritz a little bit of the crop reviver on your balls uh, to keep them feeling fresh throughout your day. Manscaped has it all. Do us a favor and head over to manscaped.com. Use our code HW at checkout to earn 20% off your order. You'll be happy and your significant other will be happy. You guys did good. I'm proud of you guys. Thank you. For I had honest. myself muted. <laughs> did, did you really? Mm-hmm. I got my own read on my show, so I'm used to it. If you guys didn't know by now, we have the one and only Kelly Hinks from Broad Street Hockey hanging out with us for our Christmas show. Kelly, what's up? Sorry, I'm busy looking up Phil Meyer stats because I got to yell at you. And Me? Yeah, later. Give it I listen to your podcast. Okay, well, we can get into that. I can't wait to uh, divulge into a little bit of Phil Meyer's talk. Before we get to more topics, let me just introduce my co-hosts, Kyle and Jack. Guys, what's up? Mm, hanging in there, Jim. Hanging in there. Jack has the COVID. Jack does. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> what? Confirmed. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. How you feeling? I like though? when people call it the COVID. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> Good as I could be, but I'm still here. Good. Thank God you are still here for the Christmas show. Kyle. What's up, buddy? What's up with you, dude? Ready to not be working. I should have took a play out of uh, Jack's book. Got the Rona. Uh, (laughs) Rona at the right time. Oh, Lord. It's a very, very vicious virus that you're wishing for there, Kyle. And we'll move on. (laughs) That's a good move. (laughs) (laughs) So, a little bit of news to touch on today. Not so merry, cheery, Christmassy news. The one and only Chris Terrian was let go today. A weird time to let go of someone just before the holidays, but a very corporate Comcast NBC uh, thing to do. Right, Kelly? Yeah, weird. It was, it's called weird. It was a weird thing to do. It was a fucking scummy thing to do is what it was. Yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, it seems very short-sighted what NBC is doing with their on-air talent because I understand – that there isn't any sports right now. But if you think about it, like there's not going to be any shots of the crowd. There's going to be no fan stuff going on during these broadcasts. What are you filling empty space with? If you don't have like Taryn to stand over there and say some weird fact 
about something. Like, what are you going to do without Not these Sarah people? Chris Tarian's face. <laughs> I, I mean, it's plus. just like, so now <laughs> what are we going to, we got a, a fucking intermission with Colby Cohen and what's your face? Oh, friend of the pod. Oh. Of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I hear, I hear you. I hear you. Get your point. Yeah, we, yeah. we like Colby Oops. Cohen. Well, I forget the other I'm girl's sure he's name. He's a fine uh, gentleman, but he's his, very you know, handsome man. They do say that. I don't. It's just, I don't know. It's because they're firing Sixers people. They fired Jim Jackson from the Phillies. Like it's just, you got enough fucking money. Come on, what are you doing? Three they days always, before Christmas. They always go after the ones that make the most. I think first, right? Or the and because it, it's the guys that always have the most insight, right? Yeah, like, they're good like, ones. Who's who's around that knows more about the game than Terry? And that's played. I mean, Keith Jones. Keith Jones. But, He's you know, good. Chris, I think Terry's the main guy. And you have Jeremy Bill Clements and Knights. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you imagine? Did you say Jeremy Roenick? Yeah, fuck it. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. I was a huge JR yeah, fan about, back, in the, uh, what's that back in the day, yeah. <laughs> What what did he actually say that was so crazy? Because I, I don't remember. Which time? Something about something about an orgy with his coworker. Yeah. So that that blonde who's that? What's that blonde's name? Who's on the NHL? Is it Catherine Tappen? Yeah. There you go. You got it. Mm. Um, she's good friends with the Ronicks. Like hangs out with his wife all the time. Yada yada yada. And jokingly on a podcast, I guess he said that they were all going on vacation together. And one of the guys like was like, oh. And he, he was like, oh, I would if we could, or something like to that, mm. to that friggin' realm of conversation, and everybody canceled him for it. I think it was Chicklets. You can't go on that podcast and say anything even remotely. No. You know. I mean, if it was like here. somebody that you didn't work with, maybe that's you know mm-hmm. a thing. But you know, you work. I don't know. Yeah, I, I could see it. You kind of fucked up there. But yeah, back in the day, Jr. Jim's favorite player. I don't know why I just referred to myself in the third person. You do it, you do it. <laughs> you do it all the time, actually. <laughs> you do it more than you think. Are you, you also are? drinking eggnog with bourbon in it? No, eggnog with coffee. I don't know. Well, I don't know why. I'm like, I can't see, but I'm looking. How at do you screen. sleep? Uh, if I was drinking coffee right now, I wouldn't sleep for the entire night. Well, this is just a little bit of espresso. There's more like eggnog in here, I think. Espresso. Yeah. So did you heat up the nog? Is this hot it's nog? Only, it's only a quadruple espresso with a little egg <laughs> nog. <laughs> I'm going to sleep just fine, you Kelly. Don't worry about nog, Jim? <laughs> what? Are you allowed to have egg nog? I think. We'll find out tomorrow. In moderation. <laughs> All right, well. It's not spiked. That's not what I was worried about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I can have some of the nog. Are you drinking nog over there? I can't drink anything. I gotta wait. Water. Mm. Kelly, are you Gatorade. drinking what you made? Yeah, I'm drinking my homemade nog with some bourbon in it. You have a cool cup. Ooh, cheers, it's Kelly. just a wine glass. Cheers. Oh, it's cheers? really yummy. Cheers. It tastes like right, melted ice cream. You can't cheers anything. <laughs> what? Your espresso eggnog. Why can't you and I cheers? Jack and cheer water bottles and eggnog. Oh, whatever. You're missing out. Christmas Village mug. I don't know. Are you, you ever know. gonna fall back off the wagon? Me? Yeah. I've had a glass or two of wine. Can you guys see my cup? Yeah, it's cute. It's, on the it's, wagon. Like a, it's nice. A DOS boot for espresso. Yeah. 
It's not you a guys, bug. Uh, it's Das Boot. Did you have a chance to visit the uh, Christmas Village this year? Not before it closed. Oh, I know. Doesn't that suck? Everything sucks. I mean, it does, but, like, what are you going to do? I've I've never oh, been no. there before 7. And as soon as you get there, it's all closed up. I think it? it's closed completely now. Oh, wait, it's gone because you can't even do that anymore, right? I'm pretty sure it's closed completely. Oh, that sucks. Although, I don't know. Is the ice cream yeah. still going on? And Nolan no, was, Patrick with headaches. I was there for, like, two weeks yeah. ago. Wait, what? Make you can't go of- there because it's closed. Because if you kept it open, you'll end up with Jack, like Jack and Nolan Patrick. Oh, the cove. You have headaches. You can't have everybody getting the Rona. You know uh, what Kyle said before we started the show tonight, Kelly? What? So Kyle thinks that Jack catching the Rona is karma for him talking about Nolan Patrick. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I haven't gotten the Rona. I don't think. <laughs> I was so pretty critical. that. Yeah, and I've said my it was one of the first my, things I, I thought tongue. of when I had it. When I first migraine, like the ache behind the eyeball kind of. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, this is for all that smack I talked to on Nolan Patrick. I <laughs> truly believe that. I, I have my sense of smell. I have everything, but I have these massive headaches, which I hate. Yeah, this is definitely Makes karma. It the worst. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got cross-checked in the back of your head while you're sleeping or something. Yeah, my wife's, in, you know, she's pretty rough sometimes. <laughs> You still haven't hey She's like, you're, you're not out of work making the money. Back. Just elbow dropped me. <laughs> um, so Nolan Patrick, I don't know if you guys had a chance to see this tweet today. Kelly, Jack, and uh, Kyle and I were talking about it before the show. I'm not sure if you saw it. Something about Nolan Patrick leading the team in goals this year. Did you happen to see that one? No. Where did that come from? Did that come from some random Twitter user's brain? Most likely, yeah. Yes. Just. To not promote this particular Twitter <laughs> yes. user, let's just say that, yes. But it had a couple of retweets, a bunch of likes. A lot of people are very optimistic on there. I'm not sure where that comes from. Not that I'm a negative Nancy. Because I have a crystal ball, goddammit. I like to be a realistic rich, and I don't see any way possible that Nolan Patrick leads his team I think in he goals. made it up, Kelly. Don't think oh, it's impossible. It's, it's literally, <laughs> like, honestly, even if he comes back... To start the season, which is still not a definite thing. Yes, it is. I already okay. called it. Sure. <laughs> and um, if he does, he's going to be the third line center. And he's probably not going to get very much time in the way of power play. Yeah. So I don't see any conceivable way that he's leading this team in goals. Unless everything goes terribly wrong and somehow everyone else really fucking sucks. Then he might lead the team in goals. But otherwise, there's... It's just not going to happen. Like, even even if you want to believe that he's going to come back and have a really good season, he's not going to lead the team in goals. That's silly. Yeah, and there's no way he comes back and doesn't leave the lineup for a couple of games or two for a maintenance stay or, God forbid, he takes it a little bit too hard of a hit. They're going to yank him the second he feels any kind of mm. anything. Yeah, so and it's going to be hard going in and out of the lineup to stay in a groove anyway. Uh, and to ascend from the third line and possibly up into the second, whatever they decide to do with him, if he's in and out of the lineup constantly. I can't see how he's not. And we're still getting the same old, he's in Philly, he's skating, he feels good, but that's really about it. Like, I haven't actually seen him do anything besides scrimmage. Well, he did the scrimmages, and I didn't watch them, but people that did say that he looked good, but it's a scrimmage. You know, you're not Mm -hmm. going as hard as you would. Normally, but I mean, it's good that he was 
at least playing hockey on the ice. But like this thing. Oh, God. I was just going to say, like with the scrimmages, if you know this guy has issues, who's going to run Nolan Patrick? Even even like lightly run him. (laughs) Like they're going to stay the hell away from him. <laughs> I know you would, Kyle, because you're <laughs> fucked up. But I no, I, <laughs> but like that's what I'm thing, saying. Like he might be scrimmaging, it might be physical, but he is nowhere near that physicality. Come on. And also, like he could be fine right now. He could have been fine for the last month. But the thing about what he's got is that tomorrow he could wake up and his head could hurt, and then he's out again. Like no one knows how exact. I mean, apart from his doctors how they're going to be able to manage this and essentially cure him of it enough that he's going to be able to play hockey at a high level in a very condensed schedule. That's going to be, I think, harder than normal. So it's, I mean, he could come back and have a really good season, but leading the team in goals is just no, no. I mean, it's going to be somebody who plays a lot and who stays healthy a lot. And who gets power play one time. Yep, exactly. I mean, if if the power play comes back to somewhat, you know, decency. But, yeah, I get your point. Uh, they're going to have to see the b- workload, bulk of the workload. Um, I could I could just see with a, such a, a tight schedule that a lot of guys in and out of the lineup, even if they're not really hurt, like just playing too many games in consecutive nights. Like I thought I read something about a taxi squad they were going to have where it's like six and one of them has to be a goalie. AHL guys, and it wouldn't surprise me if these guys seem like, um, uh, I'm not sure who exactly, maybe like Torwinski or Lazinski, depending on who makes the team, um, you know, based on just they played three games in a row and one guy needs to sit, you know, because the whole season is going to be tight like that. Um, so it's, I can't see a lot of consistency in a guy who missed an entire year who's, we don't even know he can get up and not have a headache, let alone play the top league in the world in his profession so yeah it's going to be tough i couldn't tell you who i who would lead the league goals right now but or uh, the team but it, the odds of it being nolan patrick are slim to none Kyle. yeah who is going to lead the team in goals this year tell him tk tk <laughs> hands down i like that Jim. you think um i really said that for jim's state but um because he's awfully critical of him but um, I don't think it's that crazy either. I'm trying to think. It could be Couturier, could be TK. Um, I'm trying to think who else would be up there. Who was up there in goals? Oh, I'm Kyle. When he wants a trade for him, that's a good one. Say it. Uh. <laughs> no, so I mean, if I'm being serious, who's gonna lead the team in goals? I'm don't gonna change go. your mind now. I right, fuck it, JVR. All right, thank you. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh, well, listen. Listen, I think you said 33 goals, which is a little unfair now with the 56-game season. Um, so I think somebody – I thought I saw, like, if he gets 17, that's the equivalent of 30 in an 82-game season. He's going to get 20. He's going to get 20 goals. Right, 20. He's going to have to score 10 in two games is the only way I see him doing it. He didn't even 10. score 20 last year, did he? I know. I'm yeah, the That'll I've been fighting. Uh, I just don't see it. He, he's going to have to be catered to to even come close to that. He's going to have to play on the top power play and a top six the entire season and barely miss any games if he's going to do that. Watch. No, I'm I mean, he probably should be on the top power play. I mean, they got to do anything <laughs> with that top power play. But, he yeah, I don't know. He should be on it. Provorov should be off of it. There's a lot of things they could do to fix that thing. Oh, At least try. 
let me guess. Ghost <laughs> I mean, they got to try something. Time. I would start. It doesn't with need to be Ghost. They could try Sandheim there. They could. They're gonna try Augustuson. I'm telling you now. You're gonna see him. Yeah, I'd be able to. Um, can I just change up? If it's not working, change it up instead of this insanity where they just roll out the same guys in the same system and nothing really changes until three fourths of the way through the season. I would love to see JVR in PP1. Um, he needs to be there if you want him to be the player that he's supposed to be. I've said this too. And you got this guy to do one thing. He parks his big ass in front of the net and he does the JVR move. That's yeah. what you got him for. So if you're not going to use him to do that, what are we doing? Like, what's the point? Don't be mad at him when he doesn't score because he's exactly. not being put in the position to do his job. I've been saying the same thing. And what I get is a lot of you can't cater to JVR. And I'm like, well, if you don't cater to JVR, then don't be angry when he scores 10 goals because that's all he's going to score. But it's you not need, even catering to him. It's not like the power play is good and you're like, oh, well, JVR yeah. needs to be on the power play even though it, like, but it's bad. Right. So what do you get hurt? I just realized that all of the bourbon in this eggnog was at the bottom. Um, oh, yeah. If you... If you put him in there, you're not going to make it worse. So, like, right. what is the point of not trying? Yeah, th- I mean, I'm in agreement there. He's got to play on the top power play, at least to start things off. I mean, why else do you have the guy? You're paying him to score goals, and that's where you're supposed to score score goals. So I don't, I don't understand why he wouldn't be on that more and just change the pieces around him. Change something, for God's sake, because you can't do much worse than you did the last, what, two years? So by all means, try anything. So here's something that I think we've talked about on here a little bit, and I'm not as down on Sandheim as I am on playoff TK, but I've kind of wanted to see Sandheim on the power play too. And we went through a, another year where we didn't really see it. And I kind of started to ask, well, why, why aren't we seeing Sandheim on the power play? Maybe he's just not good enough. Or maybe it's that when, the other team pressures him with the puck. He turns it right over, you know. Uh, we saw a lot of that, I think, in the playoffs. The Islanders are very good at forcing him into mistakes. Uh, so I kind of changed my tune on wanting to see Sanheim on the power play because it's like he kind of panics with the puck. So if you have a guy like him on the power play, there's going to be a lot of uh, fast breaks. I and mean, I think we saw a lot of that when Ghost was on the PP. What do you guys think about that? I don't think you're wrong. Um I was not as impressed with Sandheim this year as it was the year before, obviously, where I thought he was really starting to come into his own. Uh, I think you're 100% right about when he gets pressured, he does tend to make mistakes. If he just played bigger this year, that would do a lot for me, considering his size. It's also a contract year for him, so he's going to have to do something. You know, you, you mean, he doesn't have to blow the doors off, but he's going to have to do something. Um, I think that's – he's – his play is probably one of the reasons why the line A uh, rumors got as far as they did. I do think his name, they're definitely considering moving him now. With the retire, retirement of Niskanen, it just seems like it makes no sense. But I do think the Flyers have soured a little bit. Uh, I don't think they're completely out on him or anything like that. But, you know, to get a top name back, I do think they would definitely dangle him. Um, so he's this is an interesting year for him. He's going to have to show something. Um, but I, I'm not ready to throw out that. Two years ago, when Proveroff was struggling, he was easily the Flyers' best defenseman. It is in him to do it. So, fingers crossed, he figures it out. I don't know if the team was thinking about trading Travis Sanheim for Patrick Laine. I think that a lot of fans were thinking that maybe the Flyers should trade 
Travis Sanheim for Patrick Laine, but not to bring this whole thing up again, like Patrick Laine would not fit on this team, number one, and also Flyers fans would fucking despise him in about a week and a half. They would hate him. He doesn't play defense. He does the I don't hustle thing because I don't have to. Like he's the Flyers fans think I say this all the time. Flyers fans say they want a sniper. What they want is Alex Ovechkin, someone who plants themselves in one spot and scores at will, which is one guy is like the only guy that does that. But for some reason, people seem to think that Patrick Laine is going to come to Philly and score 50 goals a season. Like he's he's not going to do that. And like, where are you putting him? It's it's it. The well, pieces that you would have on the first line. The pieces that you would have to subtract <clears throat> in order to get him would put the team at a disadvantage, even if you're adding 25 goals from him. If we only got 25 out of him, yeah, that would definitely hurt. I don't know what the exact pieces are. When you line up Winnipeg's needs and our needs, I think Sandheim's just a name that makes sense. Uh, I don't think Ghost is enough defensively to move the needle for Winnipeg. If anything, I think Winnipeg wants Myers. Um, I know this is just me speculating. I don't have any inside information. Um, as far as lining, where his fit is, I think one thing this team has missed, truly missed, is that true superstar. And it, it could be right. It could come in here and completely be you know, flat. But when we say we put up our lineups and it's almost like you could make any of these lineups, your third line, your second line, like there's no true, like full first line, especially at wing. And if Paul you have Drew line, and Sean Couturier are legitimate first line players in this league. I, Drew has definitely taken a little bit of a step back. I mean, especially his playoff play. I, I love him too, but he is, he's, he's slowing. Old. I don't know if he's slowing down or if he's just getting tired. He's old. <laughs> and he's a dad yeah. now. I mean, I he's, he's married and he's got a kid. He's that was carried, his downfall right there. Team as he said, I do. <laughs> for years. It's been the Drew for <laughs> five years. You know, he's, I, I, I've been some bitterness to sure. there, Jim. <laughs> I mean, I mean Terry, I just want a selfie. Like we, we, we do have. The problem is that we don't look at our guys and see stars because they're not Sidney Crosby or Patrick Kane or whoever else the NHL wants to put a spotlight on. But that's like meaningless, really. Like Claude Giroux's been one of the best players in the league for the last decade. Like that's Definitely. just a fact. It's just what what I think it is. It's and I 100% agree with you, but. It's like the end of the decade, and I've already been on record saying, like, the Hexel-Hacksel regime kind of wasted Drew's prime. Oh, you know, for sure. we, we, Yeah, and it's it's he's still got it, don't get me wrong. He's still a very capable, great player, but like a true superstar, like a guy who takes over in the playoffs, like, we definitely lack that. Um, and like you saw what on there? I, it, I mean, I think that's what people see in a guy like Line A, and a lot of it is the lack of scoring we had in the playoffs. Like, just and the, and the power play itself. It's like two birds, one stone. This is all on paper, obviously. You, we make moves that don't always work out. But I think that's what the thinking is. Um, if Niskanen's still here, I think it's more likely. But I really I can't, I really don't know. Um, I forgot how we got onto this track. Oh, Sanheim. Sanheim. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, uh, Good old Travis Sanheim. I don't think it happens. It is funny. that I mean, it's all reports. But the second, like, they signed their uh, – deal with the NHLPA and the game, uh, hockey's coming back. These rumors just fire right back up again. And it's, I don't know, maybe they see something. You're definitely right. He's, he's going to come in here. And if he doesn't score a hat trick in his first game, you're already going to start hearing shit. And he doesn't play defense, but it's also a little bit of prima donna, but guys like that, who's, you know, 
who isn't? But man, he's really young. He's put up a lot of goals in the NHL already. Um, I told myself I wouldn't talk too much about Line A. I failed again. That's my fault. <laughs> well, let me ask. Know. Let me ask a question because I've I've asked a, a bunch of people that have been on Kelly um about what a true superstar, a true goal scorer is, and you know you're you're as old as we are. You've been around. You've seen Lindros. You've seen Leclerc. You've seen those teams, Mark Recchi, teams that actually had goal scorers, Simone Gagne, Peter Forsberg, Jeremy Roenick, guys that can put the puck in the net. And I just feel like this generation's been so deprived of what an actual snipe uh, goal scorer, a guy with the killer instinct is. I mean, when you when you think about it, the last alpha male on this team was who that comes Jeff to Carter. mind? I don't know what the fuck sniper? that means. An alpha male? Alpha I mean, I know what an alpha male is. All these guys are fucking big dick swinging hockey players. I don't know which one isn't an alpha male. I don't know. <laughs> She's got I a valid guy. So, <laughs> all right. So we think of Leclerc, 50 goals score. Who, who are you going to tell me is the last? I need to know who the last one is so I have like a reference. Uh, for me, it's Mike Richards. Yes. Hands okay. Down. Mike Richards was absolutely not a goal scoring superstar. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Alpha male, though. Mike Richards is like my my favorite flyer since Eric Lindros. Mike Richards was not a sniper. Okay, all right, all right, all right. All right, bad example. Bad example. Take out out alpha male. Jeff Carter. So you just want goal scorer there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeff Carter. Carter. Yeah, Carter, and before that, I guess Gagne. And then, like, forget about Jeff Carter. Yeah, this generation... I don't know who they I don't know who they think's a good goal scorer, and I'm talking like the last ten years, but I don't think they know what it's like to have a guy that can put the puck in the net, and that's his only job on the ice, and you know it's going to come. Jeff Carter's going to shoot the puck 250 times a year. Part of that is the guy's is JVR, (laughs) and since he doesn't really do it, there's a sour taste in our mouth because of it. Yeah, that's the thing. We have one of those guys. The coaches aren't using him. The way that they ought to. JVR is. is a pure goal scorer. That's the only thing he does. That's why everyone hated him the first time he was here because he's fucking humongous and all he does is sit in front of the net and score goals. He doesn't do anything else. If the team would use him to that effect, we might have a pure goal scorer, but they're not. Also, I just like, I reject this idea. Like, there aren't that many of these guys. Like, you guys. You guys and a lot of fans talk about, like, oh, the Flyers need a sniper. Oh, the Flyers need a goal scorer. Like, every single team but the Flyers has one. There's, they're not that many. It's kind of like a rare breed. Most of hockey players are, you know, Travis Konechny that run around the ice and they end up scoring 25 by accident. Like, that's kind of what it is. Like, there's not that many Alexander Ovechkins or Sidney Crosby's that put the puck in the net at will because they're just that good. There's not that many of those guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, not. Who is I mean, right now is this guy? I would love a, a sniper, absolutely. But I get what you're saying. Um, I just, I think this team is just lacking like a a true, true superstar, like true superstar. It doesn't need to be a sniper. I think they potentially see one in line A. That's why that name has been floated because he's so young and what he does and it's rare. Uh, but like, I just, we got a lot of guys, a lot, a lot of great guys. Who, who's the superstar in the St. Louis Blues team that won the cup? Uh, Tarasenko is pretty good. He is not absolutely not a superstar. If you ask anybody <laughs> that doesn't pay attention to hockey a little bit, who fucking 
Vladimir Tarasenko is. They're going to ask mean, you who the you know, The reason that team won the cup was Jordan Bennington came in, and they just that and the coaching change just turned things around. Exactly. I mean, you, I don't, meant- you don't need, that's my point. You don't need a superstar to win a Stanley Cup in the NHL. That's kind of the best part. Like, this isn't the NBA. You don't just get the best players and then you win all the prizes. Like, it's a whole mix of finding parts that as a whole are better than the sum. And that doesn't always include what you want to call a sniper, which, again, the Flyers have. Like, it's just not a necessary thing. And it's weird to me that after a season like last year, where so many guys took steps forward, the playoffs were not great. But, you know, I understand that it was the same for everybody, but the Flyers had the rug pulled out from under them when they were hotter than they've been in the last 10 years. It is what it is. They played like shit in the playoffs. Would they have played like shit in the playoffs if things were normal? I don't think so. But they were undeniably a good hockey team last year. And the idea that there's this huge problem that needs to be fixed scoring-wise I think is a bit recency bias because they didn't score in the playoffs. They scored all season long. You're looking at a few games that they shit the bet in and saying we need to find a scorer because we didn't score in the playoffs. Like There are guys on this team that can score in the playoffs. They just didn't do it last time. There's no reason to believe that they won't do it next time because they know how to score goals. The one consistent thing I did notice, though, and is going to be a problem is we looked the same against the Islanders in the regular season as we did in the playoffs. And I can't believe we even got to game seven. And that team is a divisional team. And we're going to need to get past them. And sometimes you just need a guy to take over. I I get what you're saying. We can definitely reshuffle the deck and come back, you know, fresh and maybe Nolan Patrick being back and Lindblom with a full season cancer free and all that changes things. Um, but I, I do think like, look at the, look at Tampa. Like they got like three superstars and like, they just were phenomenal, you know? And it's, I can't help but think that you could at least use, you don't need the best player in the league, but like you, you need a guy like Briere was great at this back in the playoffs in the day. And one of the reasons we went as far as we did, like when you needed a goal, he got you the goal. And we just didn't have that. And, I mean, they made it to Game 7 and they get blown out. It's, like, just kind of embarrassing. And even Montreal they struggled with. Like, we say they won that series. They survived that series. Oh, for sure. That shouldn't have been. It really shouldn't. It was like a, it was like a foreshadowing for the next series. Like, you know, it was just like, this did not look good. And there's only but, so much Carter Hart could do. But there's a an uncomfortable conversation about these playoffs that I don't think anyone's really had, at least that I can remember. But I don't. time doesn't make any sense anymore. The playoffs, in my mind, were a coaching failure and not a player failure. Like Vigneault, to my eye, completely changed the way that he deployed this team in the playoffs, and it was not good. And when we got to the Islander series, he got completely worked by Barry Trotz. And Trotz is obviously, easily, the best coach in the league. Um, But Vigneault seemed to turn away from the stuff that made the team good in the regular season and never really adjusted when it was clearly not going well. And that was a hard thing for me because I was really, really enjoying that first Vino year, but the playoffs were just an absolute mess. And I don't think it was just the players not showing up. It was that in a large part, but I also think that Vino 
I don't know what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, do you think a lot any of that has to do with him maybe not trusting certain guys on defense like Sanheim? I don't know. Because it seemed he, like all he did was tighten up. He tightened everything up. But, like, if your team's not scoring goals, like, why aren't you adjusting for that? It seems problematic. When the Like, when the power play is as bad as it is, I understand that you have your guy. But, like, at some point, you got to be like, hey, maybe we need to score some power play goals. Perhaps we should try something different. They got outplayed by a bigger team with a budding superstar. That's you can come happened. at me with size now. Well, get him. Get him, Kelly. I've been fighting him for a while. Because I just now. heard somebody tell me about how good Tampa Bay is, and now you're going to come at me with size as the reason that hockey teams win. Tampa Bay was the sixth or seventh huge. biggest team. <laughs> Their superstar goal scorer is about my height. So. Yeah, that's okay. It doesn't matter. We're not talking about the superstar goal scorer. We're talking about the other three freaking lines of people. <laughs> Go ahead. Take it away. This one. Fire it up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you want to talk three, about size. There's four Victor lines of huge. He's also yeah. one of the best defensemen in the league. Like, yeah. you got to have size, but you got to still be able to play, too. Yes, but Victor Hedman will also put you on your ass. That's what I just said. That's what I'm yeah. saying. That's what I'm just saying. Like, he's a big guy, but he's also one of the best defensemen in the league. Come like, over to Blue Line like, with Sanheim with your big. head down, and Sanheim's yeah. going to look at you. Like, what, what do I well, do? Well, I mean, I wish he would play bigger because he's got these offensive skill. He's got to play to his size a little bit more, put on more size or something. But you can't just get big guys. These guys got to be able to yeah. play. Who was yeah, our biggest he... hitter in the playoffs? Who was who? What? Who was our biggest hitter in the playoffs? Uh, probably Hag, if I have to go by revisionist history. <laughs> It's a good guess. I would assume. What about out of our forward group? TK. I have no idea. No, TK barely threw a hit. Remember, he had Hayes a shoulder Hayes? injury. Hayes? Did you say Hayes? Yeah. The way they Hayes. judge what's a hit, what's any. not, yeah, I'm not going yeah, like, to live and die by that. I would say Knack. He's a, he throws it around Blue a little Bell bit. Throws, throws his weight around a little bit, and Lawton definitely does every shift. Lawton throws it but around. Neither one of those are, guys is especially huge. Guys, well, yeah, that's what I mean, though. Like, if you I got, think they're all sub six feet. He's got to play big. Yeah, so, I mean, there's something to it. But I'm that, not living and dying by it. Okay. I'm, okay. Size, like Jack said, size on a good player is obviously not a negative. That's fine. But you don't build around size. You build around talent. And if you have a oh. talented team of guys that are 5'10", 5'11", 180, 190, that's a better team than a bunch of goons that are 230 that can't score a goal to save their lives. Like, this is not – it's not 1994. Like, we're not going to win hockey games like the Devils did. Right. And if you want to get down to it, like – and I'm sure you guys are going to roast me for this, but, like, if your team is throwing a lot of hits, it's because your team doesn't have the puck. That's true. That's not good. Throwing a lot of hits is not inherently good. If your team is constantly throwing hits, they don't have the puck. Robert Haig hits so much because he never has the fucking puck. <laughs> That's why hear, all the time. Did you ever it's hear a good. dump and chase? No, I've never heard of that. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Literally the tactic the Flyers were using. Dump yes. the puck in and chase it down. That And that needs to land a big hit. The second their defenseman touches that puck, somebody needs to be there running them over. We don't the, have that. The dump and chase worked for most of the season for the Flyers. It was a pretty effective strategy. But not in the playoffs. Because I don't think they were really doing it. 
I have to go back and maybe rewatch some yeah, of these playoffs. Yeah, the offensive games, pressure against the Islanders wasn't there. They it wasn't there. It was, doing, it was Kevin Hayes trying to just to stick handle in on his own. Yeah. Wait, you know I what they, I found I out on this? They were trying to break through Trotz's system, and whatever they were trying to do to get through it did not work at all. You know what I think? What? Because all right, so let me just get a couple things out of the way here, okay, guys, real quick. So <laughs> I understand. Okay, skill wins hockey games, right? Skill beats skill. If you're the same size as another team, you know, and you have the same amount of skill. I'm sorry, you have more skill. You're probably going to win. So you obviously need the skill players. I think the Flyers have pretty good skill players. Like they're a roster of, I'm not saying mediocre, but they're a roster of above average uh, offensive hockey players, right? I'm thinking TK, eventually Farabee. We know JVR can put the puck in the net. Cooch, G, I'm not going to name the whole team. All I'm saying is the way the Flyers play, if they get matched up with the Islanders or the Canadians, a team who, ha- who now has just as much skill, I believe, as the Flyers do on the roster, the Flyers will lose. In a seven-game series, they'll lose to the Montreal Canadiens, I think, this year. Even if the Flyers finish, as let's just say, as the one seed, I think they'll lose in seven games. You know why? Because you can't, like Kyle's talking about the dump and chase, you can't play dump and chase with them. You know why? Because of Shea Weber. Because they have friggin' don't they have four guys that are just monst- like monsters back there now? Uh, Edmondson, Petrie, who's the other guy I always forget that they got? I'm missing one guy. Uh, the it's nasty like guy they had this year. Weber, Petrie. Whoever gets it wins a Wayne Simmons jersey. I can't think of the fourth guy, but they have. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. I can't think of Jack. He's googling it. <laughs> I always forget the one guy, but no, he's like I'm a nasty bird. Looking up something else real quick here. So, if if you have the same amount of skill as the team you're playing, the bigger team will win, and that's just it's my opinion. And if you go by the last couple of Stanley Cups won, you you mentioned the Lightning. I think the year before was the St. Louis Blues who I believe are still in the top five biggest teams in the league. Dallas Stars were in the Stanley Cup this year. They were the third biggest team, I think, second or third. And then you go back three years ago, Washington Capitals. I mean, obviously, all those teams have skill, right? All those teams had very good coaches. All I'm saying is you need to sprinkle in a couple guys who, number one, they need to be big. They can't be 5'10", and they can't play big. They actually need to be big. A guy has to be – like. I think what we forget in sports sometimes as fans and people who talk about the game is there's a psychology to sports. If I'm 5'10 and I got to hit a guy that's 6'3", 250, that's going to that's gonna hurt me, right? And if you got to do that for seven games, that takes a toll. Meanwhile, this guy's hitting you back 60 minutes or 20 minutes a night, whatever amount you play. That takes a toll. And I think over the course of a playoffs, if you want to go to the Stanley Cup, it's kind of going to be like last man standing. And usually the team with the most skill and the biggest bodies will win. That's all I'm saying. And the Flyers don't have the big. They don't have big, hungry playoff guys that are going to scare the other team. Hey, maybe don't hit that guy in the corner because we got this guy or you know, I'm going to come for your ass in the corner, so you better move that puck a little quicker than usual, Travis Sanheim. You know, like they don't have these guys. So that's all. That's I, all I think saying. what you're describing is like the last pieces of the puzzle. Like you need the yeah, yeah, exactly skill that. first. Sure. You got to get the up-end skill. 
And then and like Michael at the Rapp, deadline, maybe. you add like a you add like two like guys for your bottom six or something like that. But I'm not building my team around it. I'm not making no. these twin towers on D or anything like that that can't play, but they hit people. Like I, I don't want the Basham brothers back there. I want guys who know how to play. Like and got a guy like Shea Weber. You got a guy like Shea Weber who can play and can hit you. That's different. And if we lose to Montreal in in the like first round of the playoffs, the MVP for Montreal will be Carey Price. It won't be any of the defensive players. And that's just how it's going to be. Right. But that, what's that have to do with anything, though? Like, Carter Hart so, would be the MVP for the Flyers. Well, and he was. Yeah, Montreal I mean, is smaller than the Flyers, by the way. I just looked it up. Right. Not by much, but they are smaller than the Flyers. So is Boston, Nashville, the Rangers, Pittsburgh. I think some of their smaller guys played bigger. I think that's the thing. Now, I get it with having the big, you know, Chris Pronger back there who just ragdolls you. I get that. But those guys, like we were saying with the scoring sniping uh, elite wingers, those guys are super rare too. So, like, I'm not just going to get a guy who's big and hits a lot and say, he's my Pronger. Go do it. Like, it's, so I, I think that's where I'm coming from with that because with the way this team's constructed, and I'm looking at it realistically because we all want a goal scorer line. Like, like, even if we don't want it, it would be nice to have. I'm looking right. at it like – what are they more likely to get? Are they more likely to go out and get, and I'm not saying specifically Nate Thompson and Derek Grant, but players in that ilk, you know, that will, they know their role and they'll go out and give 110%, throw the body around a little bit, they'll look after the younger guys, whatever it is. They're more likely to go get those type players again. All I'm saying is, this time around, can you get us some guys, and you're, you're going to hate these names, but I'm only going to use them because Brian Burke used him in the Spit and Chicklets pod. Go get like a, a Patrick Maroon type player. Go get a Luke Shen type player. Type player. See, that's a, that's a that's cop out right there. Type player. Luke but Shen. I'm not, see, type I'm not player. saying Luke Shen. Luke Shen type, type player. So like a, a bad defenseman. <laughs> see, now there's a difference with Patrick Maroon. The guy's got two Stanley Cups. He brings character. That's different. That's not just size. So we lost a Matt Niskanen, right? A top four guy with everything that, you know, we would want in a top four defenseman, yeah. right? That this team quickly, lacks. Quickly clarify you're not comparing Luke Shen to Matt Niskanen before you continue the sentence. I know. Well, I'll, Matt, I'll, uh, Luke Shen type guy. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> even if it's, a, if it's an offensive player. Yeah. But I'm talking about like what he's going to bring. Even a – so the Lightning went out and got a Zach Bogosian as well. Right, I know not everyone's a huge fan of Zach Bogosian. Big body though. Guess who's going to mess with Zach Bogosian? Not too many people, right? And the, the Flyers don't have that on the back end. I'm not saying he's going to win them the Stanley Cup, but he can provide um, positive things in a playoff run. And I guess I'm, I'm expecting the Flyers. Not that I think they're going to breeze through the regular season, but I do. I'm expecting them to contend for the division again. I, I hope that they're going to win it. That's why I'm looking towards playoffs already, and we keep talking about the big body playoff type team. Because looking at the roster, I don't think they go very far in the playoffs again, and that's what we all want, you know. You know who else? Because Tampa of size. Added? You know who else Tampa added that was pretty good and got paid because of it? Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. You know why? Because he can play. He's offensively skilled. He played with Hedman <laughs> a lot of the time, though. Oh, you're giving a cop out now. See who we play with. No, but you I can mean, put Shane Gossespierre or Victor Hedman will put up put 40 points. He put on the points. top line with one of the best defensemen in the league, and it was great. Like, that skill won. That's the, that's my point. Now, if 
again, Hedman is that rare mold of everything we all want. And those guys just don't exist. I mean, we got Phil Myers. We're fine. Hey, fingers crossed. That's Pronger, baby. <laughs> Should we break into the Phil Myers talk a little bit here? Oh, my God. I was in my car yelling at the top of my lungs at you two idiots. <laughs> talking about how the Flyers need toughness. The Flyers have nobody that's tough. And Phil Myers needs to be tougher. Phil right, Myers. I just want to point out real quick. What I said. Real quick. What uh, I, said I, I missed this one, right? Meaner. Not he doesn't need to fight people. I need him to play mean. He was dirty as hell with the Phantoms. <laughs> Towards the end of last season, when he was getting more comfortable, he was getting pretty chippy. I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to come around with the chippiness. It's in him. It's not just going to like that doesn't just go away. This is the year, Myers. You're going to be on the first pair. I need to see it come to fruition. But also, oh, yeah. you don't I want mean, him taking a bunch of penalties. What's no, I don't want him taking penalties. Starts... I want him to just not allow somebody to stand in front of my goalie unabated. Like, no, it's cool, dude. You can stand there. It's fine. Heck, you know what? While you're there, take 10 whacks at the goalie, too. What, what's like, what's more cool. of a reach? Myers starts doing stuff like that, or uh, Patrick plays a full season and JVR gets 20 goals? <laughs> like, I don't think it's that much of a reach for Myers hey, to start, you I know, feel personally set, settling in. <laughs> Uh, hey, he's taking these leaps of faith, but you know, no love for Myers? Like, come on, man. I didn't say I have no love for Myers. You know what I mean. I love the way Phil Myers plays. I just want to see the guy who's six foot five play a little meaner because it's something we lack. Yeah, great. We have Robert Hag out there bumping into people and they're calling it hits. I love it. That's awesome. Thanks, Robert Hag. I need the guy who's six foot five who can skate real well to be throwing a couple hits out there, to be moving people from the front of the net, to be playing a little meaner. Would you rather Phil Myers, you know, fired perfect outlet passes that led to goals, or would you rather he was running around hitting people? Because he did not have what I said. Fight. Nobody, nobody asked him to run around and hit people. I didn't say get out of position and start running, people. Don't start twisting my words there, Kelly. I'm just saying I want him to play more physical. He does have a good outlet pass, but so does Ivan Provorov. And you're going to be playing on a pair with him. And if you got the puck to be passing it out on an outlet pass, why are you hitting anybody? Exactly. Uh, that was Kelly's point earlier. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the puck, we're not, you're not always going to have the puck. You're not always going to have the always. puck. Not always. No. Of course not. And as a defenseman, if you play a little more physical in your own zone, there's a good chance you're going to get the puck. Especially well, with the playing. skill level that Myers and Provorov are going to have. Maybe if he's playing with Provorov, and like yeah. you said, maybe he does do that. We'll see. I hope he does. He's still young. That's the other thing with this team. And we, me and Jim have gone at this before. I'm like, they're they're young. They're not really a playoff team because they really haven't been to the playoffs. You know, experience is a real thing. And maybe that comes into it. And I kind of agree with Kelly in the sense that they maybe the coaching wasn't really there either. Um, this team is still missing another top four defenseman, no matter how we shake it. But, you know, I'm sure Myers could step in. And if he does play the way that Kyle was saying, then we could really have something there. I, I don't think it's – Kelly, is there something they said that really set you off? Like they, they didn't see it or they were hoping or – It was ju- just the idea that the Flyers didn't have anyone – with an edge and then the conversation turned to Phil Myers and the suggestion that he needed to develop one. Like he doesn't need to develop it. Maybe he needs to use it more in the NHL, but he is absolutely a mean player and you don't play like that in the AHL for an entire season 
and that's not the guy that you are. Like, you know, even NAK, like he's not throwing the dirty hits anymore, but he's still throwing hits. He still throws his body around. Like that's just the player that he is. And Phil Myers isn't going to not be mean and he's going to not not get pissed off like he did with the Phantoms. I think that last year there were a lot of growing pains with Myers. Um, the pairings got shifted around some. Um, I think that I really yeah. think that him being on a pair consistently, which if he doesn't completely shit the bed to start the season, I think he will be with Provorov um, for the season. That's, I think, going to be a big deal as far as his development goes. I think that Myers is the kind of player I've had this conversation with people that are smarter than me before. He thinks a little bit too much at this stage of the game, like rather than just relying on his instinct, instinct. and skill yeah. to, to do what he needs to do. There's like a half second of thought that he puts in between the him and the play that oftentimes leads to him fucking up a little bit. And he's lucky that he's huge and fast and he can usually get back but I think that once he loses that little bit of hesitation and just relies on his natural skill and instinct, he's going to be pretty damn good. Um, it's just a matter of when he gets there. And I think that that's another thing that we have to remember heading into this season, as young as this team is, and the fact that our top pairing is 23 years old. Like, we're going to have to chill a little bit on these guys because there's going to be some bumps that we're going to have to get through as these guys figure it all out, because that's what happens when you have a team full of guys in their early to mid twenties. Like that's just how it is. Say the season starts off bad. First 15 games flyers are like really bad, like five Mm -hmm. and 10. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How long until flyers Twitter starts calling for Drew Provorov and Myers to be traded? (laughs) Game three. (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna say a lot quicker. Yeah, that's when uh, lobby After the got second loss. Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question here, and Kelly, I can ask you first. Do you think being paired with his third different partner in three years could affect Provorov in a negative way? Uh no, I don't think so. I mean, it's, I think it's less than ideal, but also I think that um, given that his well, first of all, his first set of partners was just horrible. So anything was going to be an improvement there. Sorry about my cat. Um, and then he had Niskanen, who was kind of like understood to be helping him along in his development, which is nice. But at some point, like we've said it a thousand times, he's got to be the guy. If he's going to be our number one defenseman, then he needs to be he needs to be the Matt Niskanen that's helping people along. So he needs to be the guy that makes Phil Byers better. Like, that needs to be his role, and I don't think that it's – if he's as good as we think he are, and I think that he is, there's no reason why he can't adjust to having different defensive partners. And I'm hoping that this season they won't be mixing it up. If things go well, they won't need to, but, you know, so that remains to be seen. Here's a very serious question, though. Like you alluded to, they're both 23. Are we <laughs> yeah. expecting too much out of Ivan Provorov? Probably. He's 23 years old, and I feel like we constantly forget that because it feels like he's been on the team now for 15 years. Yeah. He's been the best defenseman since he's been here, too. That's That's been 
part of it as well. I mean, he had a lot. He was a seventh overall pick. I mean, we loved it at the time. Obviously, he was so highly coveted that we kind of expected. It's kind of like the same with Carter Hart. Carter Hart could shit on sometimes when he shouldn't too. It's the same thing. He's like the anointed one, you know. So when he messes up or awfully harsh on him, um, but yeah, a hundred percent. And part of part of me feels like he can handle it though. He's just so sound all around, and he's a workhorse and an Iron Man. So. Yeah, definitely. And I'm always saying that, you know, they're young and it's defense. Defense always takes longer to develop. And Provorov, I hope for that, for that, for him, that means he's just going to get that much better because he's already a top defenseman. Yeah, I think that's what we're in for. He's only going to get better. Yeah, and he's making the big boy bucks now. So, you know, we kind of have to expect it all from him, even though he's 23. But yeah, he does feel like he's been around forever. I think he needs to grow into the role, especially if this team's going to be successful now. You know, he, he needs to be the Matt Niskanen type guy. I think that's fair. It's going to be interesting to see because I think that's a factor that maybe we forget. We just kind of assume that Provorov is going to play well. Uh, Myers, this will be his second year. How's, how are they going to play together? If, you know, because we're assuming that they're going to be paired together. I think we all hope that they are. That's kind of like the top line pairing of the future there. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they play well. So... I wanted to kind of bring up another thing here before I get to some Christmas topics. Did you guys have a chance to see any of those Kevin Hayes quotes? I think actually, Kelly, uh, uh, your buddy Charlie was putting out a lot of stuff earlier. Was that the guys... one about gritty? Oh, no, no. Have we <laughs> no, all that seen that one? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't see them. I have. I logged off for five seconds today. What happened? So I don't have the quotes here in front of me, but just based off what was said, it looks to me like. I don't know if Kevin Hayes is the leader that the Flyers team specifically needed, but he's kind of the guy, at least the personality that I think the fans needed. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, you, you know what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? Uh, I, and you could, you know, a lot of people have come on and said, yes, he was a, he was the antidote to what was ailing that locker room. You know, he brought in his character, his personality. But hearing what he was talking about today, and he could, you know, you never know. He could just be saying what people want to hear, the fans want to hear. But I'm like, wait a second. Like, this guy, he's not just a goofball. Like, this guy is a legit leader, you know? Whether, you know, I don't know if people realize it or not. I mean, he is wearing the A. But I'm like, yeah, this guy is captain material. So I just want, I was curious to see if you guys saw the quotes and, you know, what, what you would have thought of uh, Kevin Hayes there. But if you didn't see them. I didn't I'm going to look to see if I can see him. Okay. Yeah, got, him. got him on there. Well, while you check that out, let me ask. You guys, your favorite Christmas movie. Kyle, let's start with you. Um, I believe we did this last year. Did we? Yes. Was Was it Klaus? It was Klaus. Yeah. All right, it scratch still that is one. Klaus. How about most overrated Christmas movie? Hmm. National Lampoons. Oh, Ooh, my God. Wow. Are you kidding me with that? Wow. Hot take. <laughs> Yikes. Jeez. I hated wow. that fucking movie. What? How could you hate it? Freezing my baguettes off, Clark. It's not my humor. Uh, it's definitely mine. Jack, most Jingle overrated. All the way. Pers- sucks. With Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes. Oh, yeah, that was a terrible movie. Jingle All the Way? Mm-hmm. Oh, I strongly, strongly disagree. Loved but it. I oh, that movie was terrible. Was, <laughs> but I don't think that was ever a highly rated film. No. I feel like it's one that people watch. I mean, it has Arnold in it. Time. Yeah, well, there's a lot of movies with Arnold in it, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
fucking All right, I'm pretty sure he was even a kindergarten teacher. National <laughs> kindergarten cop? I don't know if I ever saw that. Jack, most overrated Christmas movie. I don't know if it's because I've seen it so many friggin' times, but uh, I might get some flack for this one. I don't even dislike the movie, but a Christmas story is a little I knew over it was coming. I mean, it. everybody always talks about it. You guys it, but, attacked uh, me for National Lampoon? <laughs> <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me right it's now? It's because they do the 24-hour <laughs> thing. I get it. That, I, I think that it's, pops I mean, up a Christmas story in fucking crickets? I say National Lampoon's like I practically get hit in the head with a beer bottle. Because everybody loves that movie. I've never heard that before, but I've heard a Christmas story overrated before because it's overplayed. I've I've heard that before, but you you came out of left field with that. That's a beloved comedy. Like, come on. I'm just I'm just being honest. You guys asked, I tell. Yeah. I I, I was a little shocked, but but uh, yeah, I had a reason for mine. You just came in with the hate. <laughs> Um, I think what we talked about last year was what makes a Christmas movie because we were name dropping stuff that Kelly was not having. Oh no, was this a diehard conversation again? <laughs> That's always what gets brought up immediately. Oh, but um, what if, uh, I think what I said it? something that set you off too. So, but from <laughs> honestly, I, I've I watch it during Halloween as well, but I love uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, one of my favorite movies in general. So <laughs> that's oh, an yeah, easy one for me. That. I always wonder about that one. Is that a Halloween movie or is that a Christmas movie? I feel like it's a Halloween well, let me, movie. Let me put it to you this way. Tim Burton wrote a poem that became the movie because he saw somebody taking down Halloween decorations and putting up Christmas decorations. So it's ah. like it's literally, literally both. You know, it okay. really is. That's kind of fun. So, I mean, it centers around the premise of Christmas, which was your selling point of what constitutes a true Christmas movie. That's true. I, I did like say that. I really deep into this when I left. What the hell just happened? I think, well, the, there was a diehard thing, and Kelly went off, and I think, oh, I said, um, I said, I always watch Batman Returns because it's a Christmas movie. She's like, it is not a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. They, there's, there's, there's snow in every single scene. There's a massive Christmas tree. There's events that take place around Christmas. The Christmas party is hitting the tree. No, this was last year. Oh. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's always the classics. There's no point in even arguing those. Mm-mm. What about you, Jim? What's your most overrated Christmas movie? I don't know. I kind of like them all. You I'm a Christmassy kind of guy. Oh, my God. Take a stand for something, Jim. Yeah, I don't know. Really... <laughs> <laughs> something that will really piss people off. Yeah, I, I kind of like them. I like Home Alone. I like Home Alone 2. I like uh, National Lampoon. I only really watch like three or four. I don't watch Actually, them all. Actually, you know what I never watch ever is any of the Santa Claus movies. They're they good. Do. I just watched two oh of them. Oh, my God. The Tim the, Allen ones? Yeah. Yeah. They the first suck. one's okay, but the next two are dog shit. <laughs> they oh my suck. God. Terrible so movies. Bad. So good. I love They're them. They're so bad. The, the the escape clause or something where there's like a uh, a robot version to... of him or something because oh he has a wife. So good. <laughs> Jim, you, know, you, you like all the B-movie shit. I just have to watch the third one with the uh, with the uh, Jack Frost. Jack Frost, yeah. Actually, I'll put that on my list for tonight while I, oh, I watch it by myself. It'll be up like all night because of the coffee. The yeah. yeah, there you go. Oh, fucking Dex will spit out a, a, a chainsaw Christmas, some C-rate horror flick. <laughs> I think they just put out a scary Christmas. Uh, yeah, Jim, watch Silent Night. <laughs> there you go. Is that what just came out? That's what Kyle said. <laughs> You know what really disappointed me, which I thought could have been a great freaking movie, but it was really bad. Um, 
what the hell's the opposite of Christmas? It's the opposite of Santa. They celebrate it in Scandinavia. Festus. No. <laughs> Festivus. <laughs> what the, the opposite fuck? of Santa? Yes, if you're bad, this dude comes. Oh, oh Krampus. Kringle? Krampus, Krampus. Krampus. Yeah. Krampus. 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 Yeah. Something like that. Krampus. They could have freaking made such a badass movie. Yeah. With Krumpus, and they completely, I'm like, dude, you guys dropped the ball so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Off subject a little bit. You ever, you guys ever see Midsommar? No. Is it, I, I'm, a, I'm like a real, like, sissy baby when it comes to scary movies, so I don't watch them. God, you and my wife. <laughs> yeah, mine I too. I had to go watch movies in the movie theater by myself that are scary because she's just. Dude, I, I, I literally am like. Uh, That's how like, she no. is. And yeah. then I get upset. I'm just not bad at being her, her whole family's like that. We're watching like stuff in the living room during the day with the windows open, and it's like a made-for-TV horror movie, and they're like covering their eyes. I'm like, there's nothing scary about this. Is nothing. This is nothing, and they're like terrified. Yeah. Mm-mm. Is Midsummer good? Yeah. If you guys right. never seen it, all the listeners, if you haven't seen it, go check out Midsummer. Great, great. Is it Christmas scary? Movie. Scary? Will I be scared? Cannot recommend it enough. Well, Is I'll tell you this. I fell asleep while watching it, and I didn't know that it was a scary movie. And I wake up, and I'll just never forget what I saw. I oh, was dear. Just, I've been scarred. <laughs> All right. Ever so since. I will not be watching But at the same time, I could not <laughs> stop watching. Like, it was that fucked up. Where I was like, what am I watching? I cannot move Game my face. Away. I can't avert my eyes. Yeah, it was fucked up. So if you guys are in the scary movies, Midsommar is pretty Merry messed Christmas. up movie. Watch yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> you see Jim yeah. waking up. What the hell? <laughs> That's how it was. I'm, I'm like, what the hell is this? But I, I got to find out what's happening. Abby's so so terrified of scary movies, and not even scary shit. But I was watching her and the boy went out for the night, and I'm like, oh cool, I get to actually sit down and watch a scary movie. That's not even scary. You ever hear of Brightburn? Yeah, mm-hmm. I seen that. Brightburn is just, it's Superman, but the opposite concept. So say Superman was inherently evil. Okay. Who's going to stop him? You know? Mm-hmm. And there's this part in Brightburn where she's like bleeding out of her eyes like she's crying. And I just took a picture <laughs> of it and I sent it to my wife. And she's like, nope, don't you ever fucking even send me this stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. Um. So speaking of Kevin Hayes. Kelly, did you find those quotes? I did. You want to read them? Oh, no, I had to take Twitter off my computer because it's Bachelorette spoilers. <laughs> oh, no. We're missing it. Just go to Charlie's Charlie's timeline. They're on there. But they were essentially, like you said, they was pretty much talking about um, the way that leadership functions on this Flyers team. It's not like flashy, bossy leadership. It's more... Learn, lead by example leadership and he specifically talked about what a hard worker Claude Giroux is which I think we all knew um, but he was surprised by it um, but yeah Kevin Hayes is like absolutely you could argue not the most skilled player not the best player but on last year's team the most valuable player simply because as you said he completely turned around a bunch of guys that were just miserable and they started having fun again. And I don't think that him being a giant goofball was a small part of that. So bringing in somebody like that, who's just like immediately lightens up a room. I think that that played a big part in the flyers kind of turning things around. 
Yeah, I agree. And these guys start camp officially January 3rd, I think I saw. So it's like practically now. Yeah, that's what, in two Next weeks? Next week. Next Holy week. Holy crap, next week. If you guys had one Christmas wish, one realistic Christmas wish for this team, what would it be? And we can start with Kelly first. Aside from mm-hmm. Stanley Cup. No, I know. All, I'm like, that's that. easy, dude. No, I'm going I'm going like granular granular level realistic wish would be that Morgan Frost and Nolan Patrick both make the team opening night roster. Mm. Yeah, that would be pretty sick. So mm-hmm. be, would they be fighting out for one position? Or they would both find a spot on the team. On the I think that you, I think they would. You could both have them on the team. I think that they could probably on the third line, kind of the two of them. Without instead of having like a super specific defined center and defined wing on that line, you could have two guys that essentially play the same position, but they're both just super skilled guys, and one of them takes the face off. One of them is on wing. Like it does. I I just I feel like that they could do something where positionally it wasn't as important as the idea that these two guys can play well together on the same line because they're both good hockey players. Because I think Morgan Frost is more than ready for the NHL, and I think that you can find a spot for him on this team not at center exclusively. That would work. It's gonna be hard. I just don't see where a spot is. And I also don't see where we're judging that he's ready for the NHL. He hasn't played hockey since December of last year. Because he was lights out in the AHL. And once you get to be lights, lights out in the out. AHL. So was Jordan Wheel. Okay, but there's a difference between <laughs> there's a difference between a Boyd Kane that's an excellent career AHL hockey player and someone who's lights out in the in the, in the AHL because he's getting ready to go to the AHL. It's not the same thing. Morgan not Frost is not a career it. AHL player. Well, he hasn't done it because he hasn't done it. Like that's a silly argument. The reason that Morgan Frost isn't an NHL hockey player is because they have not yet put him on the NHL team to be an NHL hockey player. It's not because he can't do it. They just haven't done it yet. So once they put him on there, then he's an NHL hockey player. Boom. Farabee didn't seem to have a problem. They gave him more time. Different players, though. I think Farabee was more built for the NHL than Morgan Frost as well. He's bigger. Yeah. and Defensive game's better a little bit, too, which makes him easier to put on a roster. I'm just going to jump in and say that's my wish. Farabee really takes another step. And I'm saying even with the 56-game season, flirts with 15, maybe even 20 goals, 35, maybe even 40 points. That's a little much, but, like, I want to see him take that next step, really look confident, play more consistently, and just turn into – take that next step because I really think he can be a really awesome player someday, and I want to see that next step as soon as possible. And that's my wish because he can be a stud. I think so, too. And I, I sometimes I forget that we have Farabee because it was his rookie year. And, you know, it, it was like a typical rookie year for a guy. He had flashes where you could see, okay, this guy's going to be really good. And then there was flashes or, or not flashes, but stretches where we we're like, hey, is Farabee playing tonight? I'm excited for Joel Farabee. I think, yeah, if he took a nice step next year, that'd be uh, that'd be fun to watch. Short season, you know, if you could keep it going all year long and, uh, you know, avoid, I don't know, a burnout or whatever they call it, sophomore slump type thing, uh, that'd be cool to see. Kyle, your Christmas wish for the 2021 Philadelphia Flyers season. I want to see Phil Myers step up in that first role and excel. 
I don't want to see bobbling out of the gate. I don't want to see those shaky deer legs anymore. I want to see him step into that first line defensive role and just excel at it. Like, oh, shit, we actually have a first line pair. All right, so I love all these. So we have – imagine if all three of these things happen. Frost and Nolan Patrick make the roster. Joel Farabee takes a step. Phil Meyer steps into that first-line role and, and succeeds. And we're pretty in for a pretty exciting year next year. I'll say. And I think all these things can actually happen, too. You Can know? I? Uh, Frost, I think – you know, because I, I don't really know what's happening with the AHL. I think the last I heard was they were shooting for February. But in my opinion... He's going to be I, on the... He's going to be on the roster. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, he'll be there, right? Yeah. So I want to... Like, it's a 50-game season. I I don't know what the schedule looks like yet. I think it might come out tomorrow, I heard. Who knows? So we'll see. There could be a lot of back-to-backs. You're going to be playing the same teams over and over again. There could be some bad blood building up. You know, they're going to have to flex in some of these guys. I want to see a lot of uh, Morgan Frost this year. I really do. Like, get him going. What are we waiting for anymore? Take the training wheels off. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Have, Harvey, we, I heard, think, have we heard anything on the AHL season? Are they having a season? The, Kelly, do you know anything on that? Um, I think that they were playing. I think, as you said, I think February they were shooting to start. I think that there's something with some teams aren't going to play. Maybe some of the teams that can't financially support a season. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I don't want to say anything that I'm just guessing on. But I mean, there there is going to be AHL hockey this season, but I don't know what it's going to look like. But I don't think it matters in Morgan Frost's case because he's going to be on the taxi squad. Right. Yeah. But if the AHL does start, and can you send taxi squad players down? I don't entirely know how that works. Stay on taxi squad permanently because if you're not like like you guys said, you're gonna you want to mix in the taxi squad guys. A game here, a game there. But wouldn't it be worth it to send a guy down for 10 games in the AHL? Especially I don't know a if, developing player? I don't know if they want them mixing up that much, though. That's the yeah, thing with probably. like the COVID protocol stuff. I don't know. I don't know, though, for sure. Uh, that's a good point. Let me throw you um a little bit of a uh, curveball here, Kyle. So Nolan Patrick also hasn't played in a hockey game in a year and a half. Think he's gonna make the opening night roster? Yeah, I think he's gonna be your third line center opening night. What's the difference between him and Morgan Frost? Um, Nolan Patrick's done it at the NHL level for an extended period of time. Okay. All right. What else we got, guys? Did I uh, smack you know, that curveball out of the park? Because it fucking feels like it, Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> no. I I just figured I would accept. Go on, I'll, Jimmy's calling you out. Don't, I'll don't accept end that the answer. Show. Get him. No, I'll accept it. Ugh. That's fine. You let your listeners down, Jim. Am I letting you guys down? If you feel I'm let down, me. I feel let down. I'm a co-host. Do you? I'm, I, no. I'm just. I speak for the people. They want to see you go at them. <laughs> Sick them. Merry Christmas, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Morgan Frost played a full season in the AHL last year, so. Well, he didn't really miss a whole year. In December. Right, but he played a lot more recently than Nolan Patrick played. Not at the highest level in all of sports. Actually, he did, though. But to For Kelly's what? point, he, 
three games. Moss isn't here because they haven't put him here. Where exactly. Patrick was just given a spot on the Flyers right from the get-go, and that we put him out for a season. Are we pretending he didn't earn that in the preseason? Mm, yeah, I think that you could argue that I, he needs a year in the AHL. I think yeah, that you could, I, don't know, I think that you this, could argue. He missed it with a boil well, he on wouldn't, his face. He wouldn't he have gone really to the AHL for the record. He would have went back well, yeah, down. He had to go back. Yeah. But he didn't really play the preseason game. because he had a boil on his face and he missed some time. So he, he didn't really play all that much. Still yeah, mad. he earned a spot by being the second point. overall pick. Exactly. And his first season, yeah, he was here. He definitely yeah, looked good at times. And then he missed the full season. Yeah, half you know, a good Frost season. was here for less less time, but his first goal was woo. Yeah. So it's a smaller sample size. Morgan Frost is an NHL player as soon as they put him on the roster. Like this isn't like a an if. Like it's not like a gamble. It's not like a hey, can this guy play at this level? Yes, he can. He absolutely can. There's no doubt in my mind. They just have to let him do it. And the reason that they haven't let him do it yet is because they are insisting that he play at center. And there isn't a center spot for him because they're not going to put him on the fourth line. So if you give up that silliness and you just let him play hockey, not at a center position officially, then he's on the team. He can play wing. Does he remind anybody else of like a Johnny Gaudreau type guy, type player? Who, Frost? Yeah. I don't think he's got the – I don't know if he has the same goal-scoring touch that Johnny Gaudreau has. But he I mean, definitely has the legs, the feet, the speed, the agility of Johnny Goudreau by a long shot. I'm just thinking about him on the wing, and that's the kind of player that I could see him being. And I would be A-OK with that. Like, just get him in the lineup. I don't care where he plays. Just get him the time. Because, you know, things will break. People will get hurt over time, whatever. And if, he, if he's going to be the 3C, he's going to be the 3C. Just get him in the lineup somewhere. I don't care where he plays. Hell, this is supposed to be one of the best players in the system. And he's ready for the NHL, yeah. So get him in there. Yeah, you're going to – if that happens and then they go to the playoffs and he doesn't score, you're going to hate him. Well, he's got to put up 25 goals in the regular season first. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it, so, okay. So let me let me just – with Travis Konechny here. Oh, so, boy. This guy. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> nah, because I'm trying to get myself worked up a little bit, and I don't want it to come off as fake. We'll get you worked up. Hey, Jim, how many goals did Travis Konechny have in the playoffs last year? <laughs> so, I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. I want to keep listeners now. Why do you only get mad at Travis Konechny when the whole team stops scoring goals? Yeah. Why is it only his fault? Well, here's the thing. So, Just like, while, while this thing's happening, right? <laughs> over there like yeah why while they're not scoring like all we heard was sorry Claude Giroux Jake Voracek James Van Riemsdyk and I'm like wait a second where did everybody's favorite player go like how come Travis Konechny's not a guy no one's bitching about everybody was bitching about everybody buddy so I kind of took it upon myself to go, oh, I see how we do it. We don't, we don't bitch and complain about fan favorites. You know, everyone's favorite little face maker, shit talker, didn't score a goal, and we're okay with that, right? He's our favorite player, and I'm just like, hey guys, like the guys that we're bitching about, you know, the guys that are over the hill or past their prime, Giroux, JVR. Guess who's the young guy? When when Claude Giroux was Travis Konechny's age, you know what he did in the playoffs? He was a point per game player, and I'm not saying. 
Travis Konechny's Claude Giroux. I'm just saying, when Giroux was the same age, he produced in the playoffs, right? Everyone wants to, you know. Are you talking about the 2010 Cup run? He, yes, he is. Okay, so perhaps there was something. That you know, the team led with Stronger, Tiemann, yeah. Richards, Carter, Briere, Hartnell. <laughs> played four rounds of playoffs. Perhaps that yeah. is how Claude Giroux scored so many playoff points, as opposed to this team that did not play a lot of hockey in the playoffs. But he was a point-per-game guy, so like no matter how many games he played, it would have been point-per-game. If he played seven, it would have been seven and seven, 14 and 14. All right. You know what I math. mean? Well, those yeah. those playoff games, the, the whole team was scoring. The whole team yeah. had stats, and that's why they yeah. went to game six of the Cup. This team, nobody yeah. was scoring. And you're why are they on your question earlier? Why are they on Drew? Why are they on Voracek? What about Konechny? Just look at the cap numbers. That's my reason. Like these are the guys that are making all the money who are supposed to be doing all the scoring and leading the team. And, you know, TK's under all those guys and he just signed that deal. So that's why they're more on Drew and Voracek and JVR and all those guys. Because the they're easier to hate because they've been here longer. They're well, not they, everybody's they're favorite little cool anymore. More. Would you not agree? They're not getting. That's why they're making all the money. They're, they're supposed to do more. They're your team. Anybody who is depending on Claude Giroux, Jake Voracek, JVR in the playoffs for the Flyers to lean on those guys is a casual fan, in my opinion. Because they're Don't not those guys. Don't be one of those. Don't be a gatekeeper. You can be a casual fan. Well, who I, gives a no, shit? There's no problem. I got no problem with casual fans. That's fine. Yeah, but don't. You can be a casual fan, but don't jump on fucking Twitter like you're a diehard and you know everything about everything. That's the you're fucking part that jackasses. Why do you get mad about people on Twitter? You can't yeah, you do can't that. Use Twitter as a reference. It's the goddamn Christmas show. I'm allowed to be mad at who I want to be mad at. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's was... The official airing of the grievances. That's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I think yeah. why you're fired up is because he led the led the team in scoring during the regular season, and when it came time for the playoffs, he fell off a cliff. But I'm looking; he's not the guy on paper who's supposed to be leading this team. Like he's a he's a huge cog. Don't get me wrong, but and a goose egg definitely hurts. It's not like he had one or two; he had nothing. But like, there's a lot more accountability to go around before I settle on TK not scoring, especially when you see how bad the power play was. That's more important to me than TK. Mm-hmm. Okay, doesn't homie play on the power play? Uh, is he a regular on the first top pairing, TK? Why isn't he? Because the power play coach is an idiot. Which <laughs> I had said I can't tell you how many times. There's a serious issue there. And yeah, that was I would agree. Season. I would agree with that. So I forget who was uh, – I think it was uh, – Kelly, you know uh, Brandon Murphy, right? Oh, or not? Okay. Well, I guy. thought – I thought he did videos for you guys. He shared like uh, like video clips and whatnot. He showed a clip a couple days ago of a beautiful goal. Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny, and James Van Riemsdyk on a line. And I would love to see it. I would love to see that line on the power play, off the power play. I think that would be an outstanding line. All I'm saying is if there are fans out there that are depending on Claude Giroux, JVR, Jake Voracek in the playoffs when you have Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny. I don't know. Give me some more names, guys. When you have those two guys, 
Those are the guys that need to step up now. This is essentially their team. The other guys are the old vets. I'm not expecting Claude Giroux to be a point-per-game player in the playoffs anymore. And if you are, I'm sorry. It's unrealistic. Those days are gone. No, but you they need are. the whole team. If you're going to be successful in the playoffs, you need the whole team to be contributing. Yeah, yes. and, and literally and, the entire team was not contributing. If, yes. if it was everybody else playing well and Travis Konechny shitting the bed, I'd agree with you. But it was literally the entire team shit the bed the in the playoffs. The only offensive player I really didn't have an issue with was Kevin Hayes. And maybe Jake in the was first round. You know? Yeah. Like Scotty. Oh, yeah, and Scott. Thank you. And Scott Lawton as well. You know, and Jake Jake Voracek had a pretty good game, uh, round against Montreal, but everybody kind of fell off a cliff against the Islanders. But, like, we're, like, scratching and crawling to come up with names here. You know what I mean? Like, it was the entire team, and especially the power play unit. It was an absolute joke. I mean, to do that little on a power play and still get to Game 7, can you imagine if they were halfway decent? I, I mean, it could be a completely different series. So I, it's hard for me to go so hard after TK when there were so many other glaring issues. To continue along with this point and to contribute to the point, um, before the shutdown, your third and fourth line were scoring a lot of big, important goals. Your Derek Grant out of nowhere was scoring big, important goals. Those guys, like you guys said, all vanished. All of them. Your third and fourth line did nothing. Oh, I yeah. thought you had more. What's that? Is that it? I had more beforehand, and then I kind of lost half my thought. <laughs> you gotta remember, like if I don't, if I can't get it out, it's fucking gone. <laughs> you need an absolute silence. He has the floor. Everybody mute your mic. <laughs> that happens to me sometimes too. Oh yeah, I do it in the middle of talking terrible ADHD. I'm like reading the Purina dog food bag over there. And I'm like, wait, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you, Kyle. I feel like the coach in Waterboy sometimes where I get to the end of my point and I'm like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I think it was last year's Christmas show. You guys went on for like a 45-minute rant, and I was so lost. And then Jim goes, hey, Kyle, how do you think about that? And I was just like, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kyle, what's your favorite? Yeah, last year he said his favorite uh, holiday movie was uh, uh, Christmas Vacation because <laughs> he was put on the spot. <laughs> Great movie, by the way. I don't know how you, you don't like that movie. It was his favorite last year. <laughs> My favorite last year consistently. Still has been Klaus, and I don't ask Klaus. why. It's it's a fantastic Christmas movie. I'll have to check that one out. So, Jim, has the needle been moved for you at all on TK in any way, shape, or form, or everything we were just Absolutely saying is going not. in one ear and out the other? No, in one mic, it bounces around a little bit, or in one <laughs> ear, it bounces yeah. into the other one. And then... <laughs> Did you take your glasses off and move your mics just so you can let all the t- – there it goes automatically, and the TK stuff just goes out. No effect on you whatsoever? No, none. Because I, I got to see it. So Seeing like, is believing. So here's my thing. Like, I like TK. TK fan. I just... Do I think he's Fans the type like of guy that... Who needs enemies. Do I think he's the type of guy that's ever going to lead the Flyers in playoff scoring? Do you guys think that? Let me ask you that question. Do you think... And it's a hypothetical... Do you think Travis? I think if I went off of just this playoffs, I'd be gambling. Ever gonna win the con? 
It, it's him. such a what. <laughs> Will Travis Konechny ever be the head coach of the Philadelphia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but okay. So let me let me like Claude Giroux. You could say, yeah, he would be the guy that would lead the Flyers in playoff scoring, right? If the Flyers were to win it, this is I'm talking about a couple years ago. Yeah, it would be Giroux. Is TK that guy? Travis right. Konechny is not the Claude Giroux replacement. Sean Couturier is the Claude Giroux replacement. I don't think he is. He, of course, he is. I don't think, as far as as far as scoring wise, he's. I love I love Couturier. I think he's a fantastic player, incre- the best two way forward in the league. I don't think he's ever going to produce the way Claude Giroux did in the playoffs. Well, they're different players. Right. It was also yeah. a different time too. I yeah. mean, when Giroux was really producing, he was not the guy. And then when there was the one season they had Yager, you know, and they were really coming into their own. But other than that, they haven't made it past the first round. So we really don't know what Giroux's, you know, him as the guy did in the playoffs because he didn't go far enough. And he really that didn't do much. That was you, your, you had one line for all those years. Exactly. In the playoffs. I mean, they got embarrassed by Washington. They got embarrassed by Pitt. Giroux's stats were terrible. So, I mean – you're, the only time he really put up numbers is when he had like a whole nother team already in place that he joined. I think Claude Giroux was the third line center on the team that we're talking about here. And went to the and, cup. And he had like a forty. I think he had like a yeah. forty point regular season, something like that, and then kind of blossomed in the playoffs, right? Like he showed up for the playoffs because the whole did. team did. Yeah, they were. They, that was like a ma- dude. Billy Lano showed up for God's sake. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, that was there was some six. like. There was a lot of luck and a lot of like crazy hockey magic that went on with that 2010 run that you can't look at it and be like, that's what should be happening every year with the Flyers. It's just not realistic. Yeah, because when Drew was the guy, they I mean, they didn't give him much help, but the numbers aren't really there for the playoffs for him. I mean, if we're if we're being 100 percent honest, we may never see a Philadelphia Flyer team ever come back from three and out. That is pure magic. Pure yes. magic. Yeah, a lot of things got to bounce right too for it mm-hmm. to go your way as well, you know. And yeah, he definitely he he stood out. You know, he stepped up too. He had those overtime goals. He had some game time goals against Chicago. You know, he did a lot. But there was also other guys that really chipped in. A top line was Briere, Hartnell, and Leno. Like for God's sake, Leno, Billy friggin' Leno, like. Yeah. Weird things happen on those kind of playoff runs. We were the seventh seed, for God's sake. It's not like we were the one top guy. Seed. I'm so happy we didn't sign to a ridiculous yeah. contract. Yeah, seriously, that's a big time bullet there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Now yeah. he's doing. Now he's someone in some alley somewhere doing coke with uh, Yuri Laterra. Jeez. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of. Um, a lot of excuses, oh, but <laughs> no, nah, I digress. I like TK. I think he's going to have a solid year. I think, I think he's the type of guy who would look back and see zero goals in last year's playoff and maybe use it for, you know, uh, this year, you know, get ready for this year's playoffs and be a little, play a little bit pissed off. So hopefully he can, you know, turn that frustration into goals. We'll see. Hey. I mean, I'm going to have straight anxiety watching these playoffs, hoping that he gets at least one for your sake. Because I can't (laughs) do another year of this. With everything that's going on, how great is it, though, that we're sitting here before the season, two weeks before the season even starts, and we're talking about playoffs? That's pretty cool, right? Yes. (laughs) It's a nice feeling. 
it's around the corner. <laughs> it's going to be a quick season. Yeah. So what happens so. if the Flyers don't make the playoffs this year? Shut up. There is impos- there's literally no chance. So top four teams in each division, look at that division that they're playing in. There's not a chance in hell they're not one of the top four teams in that division. Clean house, baby. Things happen. Tell you what, though. So many things. If so many things go wrong that they end up not making the playoffs this year, I don't even know if I could be mad because so many things would have had to go wrong. Yeah. What about one thing going wrong? It would have to be like a big time thing, like, like Carter, Carter Hart. Out for the yeah. Season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Carter Hart goes out for the season and our starting goaltender is Brian Elliott and the Flyers don't make the playoffs, I don't know how mad I can be about that. Also, I, I also honestly, I think that if that happened, the Flyers would still make the playoffs. Well, I think Elliott wow. season right after that, so that, that's what I'm I think that about. I think that Brian Elliott can keep you in enough games that you can get it done if you don't right, shit the right. bed. All over the ice. The only thing that would suck about this season and that happening is all the back-to-backs and close games because you're going to yeah. be really relying on your backup. Yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah, big time. You know, anyway, one thing I, I wanted to bring up that I don't know if you guys had noticed, but um, compared to seasons past, and I don't know if it had to do with the long break. I'm assuming it, it, it must have. But Usually after the playoffs, you get all these reports on all these players that had to get surgery and had to get this fixed and that fixed and yada, yada, yada. I haven't seen a single report of a single player other than the dude from Tampa Bay, Kucherov, I think, is out for the season already. I think it's probably because so many of them got stuff done during the break. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. But I'm, And they're just not going to disclose that before the playoffs. Yeah. And, and they're, they're in the cap space. Yeah, they might not have gotten as they hurt, are desperate for cap cap space. That is true. Tampa is in a bind. Yeah, that was like, oh, Jesus. Somehow they always get out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna put Cooch on the long term injury thing. I heard that too. Sons of bitches. Yeah, but how does that really that. get them out of cap hell though? Because they're what they're two mil over now. And yes, by Kucherov the time contract? the playoffs roll around and it's prorated, it might not be as Difficult to move. I think if you go on a long-term injury reserve, your contract or your money comes off the cap. Agreed. Right. But what does he make? Does anybody know what Kucherov makes? No. It's like isn't it eight something? Uh, also, yeah. you, also, but I mean, like you don't have Nikita Kucherov for the entire season, so that's a good not, point too. Not I mean, great. if there's one team that could swing it, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But in that division, Jesus, uh, where they got Dallas and. Who else? Like Carolina. <laughs> Carolina? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Columbus? Dallas? Did I say Dallas? Oh no, I got it right here. They got Columbus in their division? Yeah, so it's Carol Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, and then them, Tampa. Uh, Detroit's gonna definitely win that. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago should have thought about not tanking and going for it with that division. Jesus. Kyle, is that a bet? Uh-oh. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Pretty sure I stole you a nug. Is Tampa Bay going to win the division? Tampa? I'll take that bet. Yeah. I don't see how Tampa doesn't win that division. Without Without they don't. Maroon. Without Shen. <laughs> Big names, bay that they don't make it. <laughs> In the most literal sense. <laughs> they don't make the playoffs now? No, that they don't win the division. 
Who's going to win the division? Columbus. Ew. <laughs> Carolina. Only Tampa's in the division. I, can no, I, don't, know, I don't know who's going to win Dallas. it, but Dallas. Tampa Bay's not going to win it. Who do you guys think the front runners are for our division? You well, give me the, the top uh, four in our division. How Boston, Flyers, Boston. Probably Washington. They're going to pick. I'll be honest. I'll put, I'll put the Islanders up there. Yeah, I got a question for you guys. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you want, Jim? <laughs> Niskanen is such a huge loss for the Flyers, right? Oh, he's, mm-hmm. he's moving a lot. He's animated. Why does? <laughs> why isn't it a big deal that Boston lost Tory Krug and Zdeno Chara potentially, and they're just magically better than everybody still? How is that possible? I don't think anybody thinks they're better than everybody. No, well, one, I think they're getting Chara back. Um, but yeah, I get your point. But they got a lot of talent. I mean, Pasternak is a bona fide superstar, and they got. Bergeron and they got uh, the, the weasel and they got great goaltending a tandem a great goaltending tandem like they they got they got a really good team still yes that hurts but they're they were like the best second best on paper team in the league behind probably Tampa you know where the Flyers aren't like that that's what it's a big difference to me and they got more veteran guys in on, on D at least they did now I guess they I don't think the Flyers play. are better than the Bruins on paper the Bruins have a line. And Charlie Coyle, and that's it. Well, Zabron. Z- uh, yes. What the hell is his name? So it's like a team with four play. lines like the Flyers should have. In a bubble. <laughs> Especially thought, in a short season, I think Boston's really going to not be great this year. Well, I don't think they're like last year. We're like, oh, they're going to win. They're going to win the division. No, I don't think they're like that. I think they're definitely beatable. Um but they still got Rask. They still got a pretty decent defense. If they get Char back, they're pretty good. And they got superstars. They got really good players. Yeah, I don't know. And then, you know, the, their power play does score a lot. Yeah, a that's lot. True. That yeah. is true. Okay, power play does matter, yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we are way over an hour here, guys. Yep. Sorry for that, because Kelly missed the bachelor. That's that fucking yeah. gray in the beard. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I cannot see the computer screen. So, why don't we wrap up our not-so-Christmassy Christmas episode? Yeah. I will pick, before we wrap up here, I, ran, I have a hat here with a bunch of names in it. And I'll pick a random winner, random follower on Twitter. Wow, Dan Knightley just won a Wayne Simmons jersey for Christmas. Dan, thanks for, I think you listen. Uh, and <laughs> oh, for now you got to ship to Canada. Oh, oh, yeah. Can I do that? Play it yourself. You can. It's expensive as fuck. I've done it. Yeah. Can, I mean, can it's like not we that do that right now, though? It is for just a yeah. fucking shirt. Yeah, you can you can ship to Canada. I just cannot physically go there, but I can do ship Do not go FedEx or UPS. Go to the post office. It's the Damn cheapest right. way to do it. <laughs> but only if he DMs us, because yeah, he doesn't Gosh. fucking listen. He's disqualified. Oh, that's right. It's true. That's right, Dan. It's only fair. Make sure that you DM. All of us, actually. All four of us. Five. You consider the podcast account. (laughs) What'd you say? I said, don't DM me. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So why don't we wrap up here? Kelly (laughs) alone. 
Kelly, you got anything you want to plug? You have a big show coming up tomorrow night? Yeah, when are you posting this, though? ASAP, tonight. Okay, so if you guys want to, and you guys can too, because it's going to be fun. Since we can't have a Festivus party at a bar with humans, we're doing a Festivus quizzo on Zoom tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And if you go to broadstreethockey.com, there's a post that tells you how to sign up. You can have a team on your own, or you can come by yourself, and we'll put you on a team. Travis Hughes of NBC Sports Philly, formerly Broad Street Hockey, is going to be the host. It's going to be Flyers, Quizzo. should be a lot of fun, so you have nothing to do tomorrow. Which I don't. Come on by your computer <laughs> and play Quizzo. And Jim. TK's finest. That's I our team name. I can't tomorrow. It's Abby's birthday. I will get murdered. Oh, happy Fair birthday, enough. Abby. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Abby. That sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Who came up with that idea? Steph Driver. Good thinking, Steph. Very good thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, with no further ado, make sure you guys check out uh, Jackson, Jack and Steve's show, Full Circle, out every Monday. At least we're going to try for the entire season. Make sure you check out Kyle's show, Enforcer's Corner. He's got a new show with Sean McMorrow that they're doing. some pretty good stuff. Uh, Check out hwhockey.net. All of our episodes, all of our articles are up on the site. We just had a couple shows with Josh Gratton just came out. We had a show with the Nasty Knuckles podcast. Derek Suttlemeyer and Riley Cote just came out. And we have uh, some big things coming for you guys for January. So make sure you stick with us. Make sure you check out all of our old stuff and – yeah, hopefully you're with us for this upcoming flyer season. We have a lot of great surprises coming for you guys. We're excited. You should be too. And at that, we will wrap up. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas, everyone.